Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. The Last Kids on Earth and their superhero alter egos are back in the latest installment of the graphic novel spinoff series, The Last Comics on Earth, Too Many Villains. Jack, June, Quint, and Dirk face their biggest challenge yet, creating the sequel to their hit graphic novel in a mad dash, puzzle-filled race across Apocalyptia to stop the biggest evil plan in history. Hey, you know what the creators of Last Comics on Earth's evil plan is? Make me and my kids love these books. Seriously, my younger kid is a huge fan of both the Last Kid series and the Last Comic series. It's true. And now I'm hooked too. The whole team has created a delightful cast of characters with some fantastic kid-friendly art throughout that will appeal to readers of all ages. Buy your copy of The Last Comics on Earth in stores today. You can also visit lastkidsonearth.com to learn more. This is a podcast from Minute Media. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the stack. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And that's our man of the booth, Booth Man. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. That I was thinking. I wanted to say, but that's uh, not what we do on this show. No. That's not what we talk about. No. I'm really sorry about that. Instead, we talk about a bunch of books that have come out today, this very week, as well as a couple of advanced reviews. Ooh, There's a advanced. bunch of highly anticipated books come out this week, Whew. so let's waste no time. Get right into it with DC Comics, Superman's Pal, Jimmy Olsen, number one. This is from Matt Fraction and Steve Lieber and team. Uh, this is a reinvention of Superman's Pal. How you feeling about it, guys? I mean, he's been his pal for a long time. Yeah, his sure. foggy Nelson. Uh, uh, you know, don't exactly. insult Jimmy Olsen by calling him whoa, a foggy whoa, Nelson. Whoa, whoa, don't that's a compliment. He's like a baby no, foggy. It's, it's definitely not a compliment. Just so Jimmy you know. Olsen, fun, cool. Foggy what? Nelson, sluggish and dumb. Oh, fuck you for saying that. He's uh, a lawyer. No, 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 he just, is not dumb. He's smart. He is, is he? a lawyer, sort of. <laughs> he is a in the same way like a lawyer. crossing guard is a cop. What crossing guards aren't cops? <laughs> then I think you proved my point. No. I really like this book a lot. This takes the oh. format of old comic books uh, and riffs through the whole idea of Jimmy Olsen history down to him turning into a giant turtle. Has a lot of fun with it. Throws out a ridiculous amount of ideas of the first issue. I thought this was a blast. What do you guys think? Uh, I agree. Um, Jimmy Olsen has a crazy past. Like He's done everything. He's been Superman's pal for a long time, and you get in a lot of mix-up adventures if you're that dude. It's like being Pete's friend. And... Uh, I loved that they just went for it and incorporated like a ton of crazy things at the same time um, and uh, made somewhat sense of it. Um, what is it? This kind, is a 12, kind of. 12, kind of. This yeah. is a 12-issue series. What are the rest of these issues going to be? Like? I don't know. I mean, they set up what seems to be the plot at the end of the issue. I was a little confused, honestly, going into here because there was a, a preview story that went up where Jimmy Olsen got married yeah. in Gorilla City, and I thought, yes. oh, okay, this will pick up on that. There's a hint of that in there. 
but just a hint. That's pretty much it. Uh, so I can't tell if this is going to be like 12 issues of Goofs a Billion or if it's actually going to follow some sort of theme and idea. It feels a little bit like Archie uh, sure. in that it's like these uh, these uh, stories are finite and don't worry about it's what's happening. It's funny you mention that because for whatever reason, reading this title, I was like, oh, has Jimmy Elson ever crossed over with Archie Andrews? They're very similar. Too similar. Same guy. What if it's the same guy? Oh, uh, shit. Pete, what do you Jimmy think about Dan. this? Uh, you know, they're kind of fun, but I don't know if I could do 12 issues of this. Uh, you can't do you're it? You're going to have to. Yeah. Really? You're we're going to talk about we're, we're every about issue. Every, 12, every fucking one. This really? is the only comic we talk about from now on, Pete. Fuck my life. Uh, why? What's, what's your problem? Uh, you know, they're just silly comp- the stories that don't have any real relevance or it's whatever. It's too sweet for you. It's just like, hey, too much sugar. here's a crazy guy. He's doing crazy things. Cool. That's literally all comics. Yeah. <laughs> nope. No, nope, that's not true. Yeah, you want to see something a little deeper. Like, you want to see Jimmy Olsen go on a vengeful rampage and kill somebody, right? Oh, well, that would be different. No, I would just like to... I don't know. It just seems like here's a collection of fun stories for Jimmy Olsen. But wait, what, but what don't you like about it? Is it the fact that they're, two, they're a series of short stories, or you feel like it doesn't... It's not meaningful? Do you have a problem that they're not referencing his cousins, Mary-Kate and Ashley? Wait, What? Yeah, uh, we should. Uh, I know oh, this is a piece of continuity. Okay. It's one of the few comics where the characters are related to two real world people. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. Right. And so they yeah. cross in and out of the reality. The American Ashley Olsen are, are DC uh, continuity. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, they are. Oh, I didn't They're know. part of the New 52. Uh, cool. What's going on? That's Pete? why it was fucked yeah, up I, when uh, Heath Ledger, like Joker, you just he broke was there. my brain with this. Yeah, so. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, I'll sure I'll reboot in a second. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, Jimmy Olsen's never been one of my favorite characters. So then it's like, here's That's a collection of stories. You love characters that stay on the sidelines and don't really do anything. Why don't do you like Jimmy Olsen? Not like Jimmy Olsen because he actually does stuff sometimes. Uh, I, I don't know how to answer that. I've never liked Jimmy Olsen. I'm not going to start liking Jimmy Olsen. What now. don't you like about him? I don't know. He's annoying. I don't know what to tell you. I just never. Why liked do you like Jimmy Foggy Olsen. and not Jimmy Olsen? They're Two very different people. They occupy a similar role. No, for the they main do characters. not. And They're how dare sidekicks. you? That proves to me that you don't know anything about either of those two characters. I know more about both of them than you do. No way. 100%. Yeah, I agree. That's with a that. challenge. <laughs> All right, we'll have a quiz next episode. Let's move on to a Marvel comic book, Loki number one. This is a pretty, I'd say, Loki debut oh, for the title. Oh, hey. Pick it up Come after out. War of the Realms. Loki is now the king of the Jotunheim. He's the king of the Frost Giants, except he doesn't really want to be there and spends most of the issue trying to avoid his responsibilities in classic Loki fashion. How'd you feel about this title? Uh, I like this a lot. I mean, it's uh, it feels like Loki's one of those characters in the last, I don't know, few years where it's been like, he's sort of a hero. We can follow his adventures. We had like young Loki running around, falling in love, teenage life, grew up a little bit, and then he became sort of a little bit more of a bad guy. Um, and I'm down with seeing him in power, uh, doing little bits and pieces, running a kingdom that we're not super invested in as people, as comic book readers, I don't think. We're not Judenheim heads. Nope. Pete, are you? No, I'm Jim. very confused about what you like and you what you don't like anymore. All right, cool, cool. Uh, I yo, know, I think this was very interesting. I it's cool to see that two brothers are running their own kingdoms right now, separately. Yeah, yeah, separately. Uh, sorry if I uh, no, just you got to check the you. politics. You got to check the politics. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm yeah. a citizen of Jutenheim, oh, so I really. Right. Oh wow, I vote in the Jutenheim elections. Uh, I was raised as a Jutenheim. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, Juneheim is the uh, Jewish is short. Right, it's for a Jewish, Jewish state. Let's not get into politics too yeah. much. That's a little touchy right now. <laughs> the Jewish state. The Jewish state is Juneheim. <laughs> oh boy, that's fun. Uh, I was surprised how much Thor there was in this comic book. Yeah. Me I didn't too, mind actually. it, uh, yeah. but I I usually expect Thor to be like this background figure. Who's like, ooh, Loki's trying to go off and do his own thing separate from Thor. But here it was like a buddy team-up book. And I thought that was fine. I mean, to your point, I think it's fun because they're both in these new positions. Uh, You get Thor gets to be the straight man. Loki gets to be the crazy man. It's a good comedy time. Yeah, I think it's... It's a good comedy time. It's really well drawn. It's a fun issue. It does a great job of giving you excited for more. I think it's a solid first issue. Moving on to an image comic book, Little Bird, number five. Now, I Ah. should do my reading and research in advance because I thought the last issue was the last issue, but this issue is the last issue. Uh So how does this title that we have been enjoying quite a bit wrap up differently from the last issue when we thought it was finished? Yeah. Well, this feels like sort of a final statement on the whole thing where it's a little bit more like... um, It was interesting. It felt like it sort of was like... Got into re- this title feels about re- like it's about religion, and it feels like it sort of got into well, it, or sort of like no. Is. What tipped you off? The theocracy and the crosses being knocked down and everything. No, but as a landing statement, because sure. a, a lot of the first couple of issues were about axes going into people's bodies and <laughs> heads true. and stuff. Yeah, but there also was religion. very much about religion and how much yeah. power wields and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, and this uh, sort of landed on that. I feel like uh, when we thought that the issue, the series was ending last issue, this really drove home that that was the theme. Yeah, I really like this quite a bit. The art in this series was oh, gorgeous overall. Yeah. This was much bigger and crazier and actiony than even this title usually is. So I had a and little. And that's saying bit, a lot. Yeah, I had a little bit more trouble following some of the stuff that was going on in this issue, to be perfectly honest, uh, than the previous ones. But regardless, I think the series is phenomenal. I can't wait for people to check it out and trade, and uh, well worth doing so. Yeah, definitely, it would be great to kind of. See it all collected. Uh, yeah, the art alone is worth picking this up. It's it's kind of crazy, but it uh, follows a couple main characters, and it, you know it's not afraid to put those characters in danger and have real uh, you know sacrifices and deaths and all this kinds of stuff. So it's it it's a hell of a ride, and it's definitely worth it. Moving on to another DC comic book, Aquaman number 50. This is by Kelly Sue DeConnick. Now, we haven't checked in on this title in quite a bit. Uh, I think since Kelly Sue came on to the title. Yeah. But big anniversary issue. Aquaman is back on land. He's back hanging out with members of the Justice League. Meanwhile, Mera is the queen of Atlantis and making some moves of her own. Uh, what would you think about this issue? How would you feel about checking back in on it now? I mean, I... It feels like Aquaman's been this DC character in the last, like, many runs and iterations where it's like, no, we have to make it weirder for him or push him in a different direction. And I just feel I want a straight-up Aquaman story. Does that... What what do you use a straight up Aquaman yeah, story? Yeah, what, what are you t- saying? Uh, some of the, the the stuff that I long for is back uh, maybe like ten years ago when it was uh, Aqua. It, he had a he had a whole squad. It was Aquaman, Aqualad, who then became a magician. Was it a uh, Squawkwa squad? It was a Squawkwa squad. Yeah, um, which is a term we throw around a lot in, the, sure. in our office, which is where we live. Right. Um, and uh, a By dolphin. Way, can you get off of my bed while we're taping? And that, this is our uh, clubhouse, uh, which is our office, and also it's just three <sighs> bunk beds stacked on top. Messing of each up other. my uh, sheets, my squawkos got squeeze. Oop! Whoops! <laughs> uh, uh, I had a little bit of a stroke there. 
And uh, I, I often talk about um, the miniseries Aquaman Time and Tide is something that really reset Aquaman. Even the stuff when he like lost his hand felt like it was a little more uh, close to uh, to an Aquaman mythology that we were dealing with. And lately it feels like it's reaching beyond. How do you feel about it, Pete? I, I love this. This was a fun uh, kind of uh, fresh start, if you will, setting up the next thing. Uh, you know, Aquaman shows up and he's like, hey, guys, I know the spots to get some food. Like, come on with me. And we're setting up. Uh, Black Manta's return. I'm I'm very excited about this. Uh, I think the art's great. I'm excited to see what happens and how this unfolds. Seems like there's a little tension between him and his queen. So we'll see what happens. What what what? What happens? What yeah. what happens? Yep. He's trying to. I told Pete we needed to save time on the podcast, so he's using <laughs> only sh- very short words. Well, because obviously we're running tape. We only record this on. Uh, of course. Well, I know that. Yeah. I had to go to the tape store and buy the tape. Yes, you don't tape. have to tell me what's uh, going on. I like this. I like this as well. I uh, I am not a huge fan of when Aquaman goes crazy and gets into like underwater mythology stuff because it just gets too dense for me. This mm. opposite from you, I think I enjoyed because. It streamlines it. It yeah. makes it simple. It's clearly putting Aquaman, despite the fact that he's blonde, in line with Jason Momoa from the movie, yep. making him look the Maybe same. Maybe that's my issue. Maybe it is. Uh, but I like that. I thought it was fun. I think Kelly Sue DeConnick has a good take on that voice there. Um, good bits with cereal. I always love a good oh, cereal man. eating People scene. People love cereal. I don't like cereal. But what? I agree with you. It's uh, I don't eat it. I Come liked, on. I oh, li- I, sorry. Real quick. I'm an adult, so I eat adult breakfast. Fuck you, man. Cereal is adult. No. Yes. No, technically not. It's There are toys in it. <laughs> not in every kind. <laughs> in a lot of the kinds of cereal, there no, are toys dude, in it. Fuck when you. Know. What kind of food for adults is there? Are there toys in it? Hold on. I, I know you have not had cereal in a while because they don't do that anymore because people were, I guess, choking on toys that they were eating yeah. in cereal or something. So, so now you have There are to, mazes on the back of the no, boxes. No, now you need to download apps. Yeah. Harumph. Yeah, okay, cool. Still for kids, though. Like, when you go buy lettuce, it's not like there's not like, finish this maze and unlock a lettuce. Every time I buy lettuce, there's a toy stuck inside. (laughs) It's true. You live in some sort of candy I buy lettuce from Pete. Yep. Uh, Put little pieces of candy. Your lettuce is awful. (laughs) I don't eat cereal. I mean, honestly, I wish I did because it's a very easy recipe. Yeah, why do you fucking hate cereal? I just don't like it. It's the glorious. What do you eat for breakfast? Uh, eggs. Yeah, he poaches uh, his eggs. eggs. A lot of eggs. Really? Uh, yeah. That's uh, not yo- healthy I'll for have you. Yogurt. I'll have some just a bunch of fruit. Oh, okay. That's healthier. Um, I'll mix it cereal. up. Cereal's got vitamins and minerals, all sorts of stuff. How many minerals? A, how many minerals are in your cereal? I, I think you need to check a, the minerals you're taking in. Yeah. What are your favorite <laughs> minerals that you're trying to get at? <laughs> zinc. Zinc. Yeah. Real I love, zinc yeah, guy. Yeah, I love me some zinc. Okay. Man. Good. Yeah. What is that doing for you? Oh, uh, you oh you're zinc chasing. <laughs> well, you know, it's I'm um, trying to keep my stress levels down. You know, uh, and zinc's good for that. It's good, it nice, is. Yeah. Uh, great. By the way, I should mention we're probably going to do this for this episode. We did for the last episode as well. Uh, we're making transcripts of these episodes. Okay. Uh, for anybody uh, to check out. This is going to be great. I'm very yeah. excited. I would just like to go on record saying uh, cinnamon toast crunch is the best cereal of all time. <laughs> That's for the most record. child. Uh, good. And this Jesus. will be a transcript. That is a uh, definitely one of the more child cereals. Of I, all time. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care what your thoughts are. Good. Let's move on to Black Badge number 12. This is from, I want to say, Boom Boom Studios. 
Is uh, it Image yes. Comics? Boom uh, Studios. Boom. Boom. Boom Studios. Uh, it feels like it should be an Image comic book, but it's mm-hmm. Boom Studios book. Uh, this is about a bunch of Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts who are actually secretly spies. This is the last issue of the title. Justin, I know you've been a big fan of this, but you were a little worried about how this was wrapping up. How'd you feel about the last issue? It felt like it was uh, It wrapped up in a nice package. This is very much a positive, bright ending, uh, mm-hmm. sort of a statement issue. Like, look, they're out there. There are a team when it comes to in the of the Boy Scout and Girl Scout world where they're out there. They're doing good. They're doing the right thing. They're earning their badges and they're still friends. This is a weird ending to me. This started in a very dark place. It continued in a dark place. And to your point, it ended like, ding. I know. <laughs> Which is very I, strange. I, very I thought it was great. I thought it was like kind of zoomed out, showed us the world, how kind of important it is and all the good stuff that they do. Also, uh, you know, Pink Badge got a little shout out, too. So it's nice to see the badges are working together, to, you know, to make the world a better place. Yeah, you got to get all the badges. I, I loved it. I thought it was kind of a fun kind of uh, send off and let uh, letting people know that, like, how important they are to our world. Great. That sounds <laughs> very nice. Wow. We're a stronger take on just scouting in general. Yeah. Were you a Boy Scout? I was a Cub Scout. Cub Scout. I was also you? a Cub Scout. We never went to boy. Oh. Very rarely do you hear someone like, nah, I didn't make it to boy. <laughs> Scout. Uh, I didn't do that because I grew up in Jutenheim. Yeah, mm, right. <laughs> All right, moving on to another Marvel comic book, Age of X-Men Omega. This is wrapping up the big Age of X-Men story. Lots of things wrapping up as we get to the big Jonathan Hickman reboot here. Pete is raising his hand. What I have you... a lot of questions. Sure. Okay. Let me give a recap of what's happened so far. Okay, cool. So cool. X-Men, y- X-Men, excuse me, using the life seeds, split off this alternate universe, which isn't exactly an alternate universe universe and took most of the x-men there created a pseudo utopia uh, that was set, hold on hold on oh, just no. real quick i just you you said something and i want to clarify it yeah is comic x, books no they're, so yeah. they're, they're is, like periodicals they come out monthly is x-man the jedi looking dude in this book yeah oh, oh, boy. oh you're gonna need a lot of help yeah, yeah yeah this is we have to start from the beginning yeah yeah okay so x-men are mutants right? no no i know but which one when you say the x-man which dude you've read a bunch of these books now yes i have but i'm saying which guy was that jedi with the white glowing uh you know yeah, that's x-man okay thank you that's all i had you know you don't have to be a dick okay, about but it. you read several other books right with x-man in it but do you know who he is that's uh Nate well, he's Summers. getting to that okay no, not. You can say it. Nate Summers, uh, Cable. He's the Cable from the Age of Apocalypse. Doesn't look anything like him. But he's slightly different. Uh, back in the, the Age of Apocalypse storyline, a couple characters came yeah, over I, here into the also world. Also, he looks nothing like the X-Men animated series, Nate Summers. You got uh, sure. a different person. Uh, well, anyway, he created another universe. This is wrapping that up. Everybody has discovered that the utopia is of his making, and it's all cracking apart. Uh, how'd you feel about this wrap-up? How'd you feel about this event in total? Uh, and if any of you want to let Pete know who any of the other X-Men are, Nightcrawler's <laughs> the blue one. I know. No, that's not true, because Beast is also blue, asshole. <laughs> wow. It's uh, not that uh, that is not. No, he's not blue because there's another blue character. Sorry, well, you Pete. said he's the blue one. There's two blue ones, motherfucker. And then technically Mystique is blue. There's a lot of blue motherfuckers. You well, can't just say I'm blue sorry. One. Uh, I'm the judge in this court case. And uh, <laughs> Pete just won. 
Because wow. he really poked a hole in your, that's the blue one yeah. defense. Yeah. And I'm sorry, Alex, you have to go to jail. Also, oh, Apocalypse is blue. I mean, there's a lot of blue people. Uh, apocalypse is more of a slate gray. Wow, well, whatever. Interesting. It depends on who's drawing them, Dick. Uh, oh, Col- I'm sorry. This, case, it, this case has just yeah. been dismissed. Uh, <laughs> All right, so, yeah, I, this issue was weird because I had a lot of questions. I didn't understand what was going on. I knew a lot of the characters, but some of them I didn't, like the Obi-Wan Kenobi-looking motherfucker. That's X-Men. That's X-Men. We yeah, just yeah. went over that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, they had the summer school, which I was like, oh, well, I don't give a shit about this place. Again, you've been reading these books. Yeah, but uh, okay. Cyclops doesn't just What did you school. think about this? Um, I... I like this. Uh, I like the idea of this crossover. I feel like um, we talked about this a lot. There, there's a little bit of an inherent problem to it where we knew this is a dystopia, but it, it rested on the idea that it was a utopia that X-Men had created for so long. So we always, as readers, I feel like felt ahead of the story. But I love so many of these moves. I love X-Men as a character. Do you love people walking around with giant floating gems? Cause this, yes, this I do love for that. You, I love gems. A lot um, of gem stuff. Yeah. My, I had a rock tumbler as a kid, and oh. boy, did I tumble rocks. I <laughs> liked this event as a whole a lot more than the conclusion to the point that you're making because it felt like... We need to wrap this up because we're moving on to the next thing. There Everybody's was a shadow gonna, over it. As soon as exactly. the Hickman run was announced, it definitely was like, oh. Because we, we talked about this a lot. It felt like there was a big reset in the X-Men universe with um, all of these new titles and this big crossover. And then come to find out, oh, no, uh, it was the reset before the big reset. Right. And all of the age of X-Men X-Man titles were really good. Like, I like them a lot. I thought they were good stories. I thought they were interesting. Um, I understand why it needed to wrap up here, but this felt like a do-do-do-do-do-do at the end of the whole event. Wow. Yeah. Uh, agreed. Well written, well drawn. There was some good character stuff throughout, uh, but it was not my favorite part of the whole thing. I did like this the exchange um, that X-Men had with Magneto right at the mm-hmm. end. I thought it was interesting and spoke to it put Magneto a little bit more at the center of this than uh, than he was before as a character, and I thought that was yeah. interesting um, because I guess that doesn't happen as much. And I like the last line. Uh, let's begin with a simple question: What would you sacrifice for your dreams? Um, which that's deep, man. Well, uh, you're being sarcastic, I think, but I think it's specific. Like Magneto's dreams, he's always the hardliner, where his philosophy is never a dream. So to put that to him, I thought was interesting. And I don't know if this will ever get called upon again, but I thought it was an interesting way to end. But I would have, uh, to the point that you're making, I would have wanted to see him a little more center in this event then, uh, particularly because they had the whole House of M thing where he did the same sort of thing, created his own mutant utopia. So to get his take on it, to get his view on it, um, I felt like we were missing that a little bit in the event. Well, yeah. well, but House of M was never his dream. That was just right. what, what? Uh, Scarlet Witch did. What? He was just... Happened to be at the middle. What would you sacrifice for your dreams? For me, personally? Um, Would you eat cereal, or what would you do? Yeah, I would, too. I would never go back to cereal. Because I grew up. Oh, man. (laughs) Wow. So you wouldn't sacrifice anything for your dreams? For my dreams? No, I would sacrifice plenty of stuff. From the end of one event to the kickoff of another, let's talk about DC Comics, Batman number... Oh, talk about cereal some more. No, we're talking about his dreams. We were talking about his dreams. Um, He was going to make some sort of... 
joke or whatever. Don't even worry. Whoa! Wow. What is right. this guy? Right, fine, Batman. Let's talk about it. No, yeah. I was about to really get into my, <laughs> I was my heartfelt you were. dreams. I was hoping you were. Um, I would sacrifice uh, shoes. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's a lot. God I would rather. It. I like being barefoot. I prefer it's, it in New York City. That's singing a fuck. If everyone's I'm... barefoot, the streets would be nicer. Oh my god, that's, that's definitely so not gross. true. Batman number 75 is the kickoff of the City of Bane storyline. Batman has lost. Bane has won. He has taken over Gotham City. This is a very different take on the villain's win thing than I think we've ever seen before. Well, and so the end of the last issue was uh, Batman versus Daddy Batman, um, both wearing the cowl, and they were in the Lazarus pit. Right, and we saw the glove. So after reading this next one, it makes me think that Batman didn't make it out of the pit. Evil Batman won. Daddy yeah. Batman. I think that's 100% what you're won. supposed yeah. to think. Yeah, because that's he's the main character in this book now. Yeah, right? that's very upsetting because when I read the end of it, that's not what I was thinking. So this was a kick in the pants. Well, haven't you always... I mean, everyone has been a fan of Batman, but Batman's dad is cool. No, he's not. He's older. And <laughs> no. He has more ideas. No, he's eviler <laughs> than Batman is and has a shitty, fucked-up agenda. I go on the internet a lot, and people are talking about daddies a lot these days, so yeah. I... I feel like they might like this title. <laughs> yeah, that's oh good. God. This is a real. Honestly, this is title's going to be called Daddy Number Seventy Five pretty soon. Um, uh, what did you guys think about this? It was How'd a you guys fucking f- nightmare. That's what it's supposed to be. Well, yeah. so great. I'm job nice well done. to pay money to get something that fucking haunts me. Cool. Uh, How'd you feel about this, Justin? I like it. The, the, uh, you once like again, this? Uh, Tom King, like he. I, at the end of the last issue, I was solidly convinced that it was Bruce Wayne, who his glove we saw, yes. and he was going to come out. It was the end of that title, and we were going to kick off City of Bane, and he was going to come back to Gotham, and Bane was going to be running it. It was going to be fucked up. Right. Instead, he does the thing I don't think anybody anticipated and has uh, Thomas Wayne emerge from the, the Lazarus, the most extreme Lazarus pit, comes back. He's running Gotham. He changed everything up. Again, he's upsetting the Batman universe in a way that is exciting, fresh, and new, and I like it. Yeah, you have, no. uh, what's his name, Ventriloquist slash Mr. Sar- yes. Scarface is Alfred. Mm-hmm. You have uh, Joker up. and Riddler working as the Commissioner Gordon, That's two so cops going up. around, which is completely fucked up. But, uh, it, but also it has, it, has precedent. Is- it has precedent in Zero Year, yeah. where they were the ones who were like, uh, putting out riddles and just being very specific and running Gotham in their own way, so it makes sense. That's yeah. what I love. And about I it. loved having Two Face being like, "No, fuck you guys, I'm not doing this," and having to be taken down. So many smart, exciting moves here. Uh, you have Psycho Pirate coming in and taking care of things, which is a messed up character in his own right. And then this is a big spoiler, but we kind of knew this was coming anyway. Bruce Wayne is alive. He did make it out of the most extreme Lazarus pit, climbs to the top of the mountain, gets his throat slit, and Catwoman shows up. Yes, Pete. Wait. So I was like, where is Bruce? What is this mountain? Uh, like, Because the only time I've seen him climbing a mountain is for like when he's trying to find Ra's al Ghul. Um, so I'm just wondering if I missed something. Raish. If this... It's pronounced Rachel Ghoul. Oh, I'm sorry. It's all right. Uh, uh, you can, anyone can climb a mountain. You could. 
Yeah, thanks, Dick. <laughs> but I'm wondering if I missed something. Is this a specific mountain that I'm supposed to know that where he is and where he's climbing? Or we no. just, it's undescribed. We don't know mountain. where he is yet. Okay. We yeah, don't right. know what's going on with Bruce. The Wayne. big thing is that Catwoman showed up. Right. Yeah. That was very exciting. Yeah. Catwoman is like the X Man of the DC universe. Fuck you that for you. saying that. She's holding a gem. Fuck you. <laughs> An engagement ring, which Ooh. was a, a whole No, this up was thing. the only. A small piece of light that I had in this nightmare of an issue. Wow, harsh take from Pete LePage. This is no awesome. surprise there. I love this. Uh, so they good. even did I'm a so good scared. job of integrating the whole offer thing that's happening throughout the DC universe. Yes. Um, that worked nicely through the issue versus these weird two pagers that are happening at the end of a lot of other comic books. I can't yeah. believe you guys are just like so into this. Here is a Dark Horse book that is coming out July 31st, Manor Black, number one. And this is another book by Colin Bunn. I don't know when this dude sleeps. Uh, but man, this book is crazy. So many things going on a lot of the books that he has been doing i think in fact the horror books are like here's one million ideas that i have that are stuff in here ostensibly this seems to be like a uh, not haunted house but like a old dude is going to give away his inheritance but in this case his inheritance seems to be some sort of magic or something like that power there's, some sort yeah of power. there's ghosts who are living in the basement there's wood sprites and other things happening outside there's cops spontaneously combusting so many things going on. I really like this a lot, though. Yeah. How'd you guys feel I about agree. It, it was a, a nice mystery. Like, it was hard to tell. We don't know what's happening, but it was uh, sort of threaded out in a way that I liked. It didn't bother me that I didn't know everything that's happening. And all building to this last moment where uh, the guy who is passing his mantle meets um, the other side of the story with this girl that is uh, lost from her family and some sort of magic moment happens with them. Really cool. This book was insane. I didn't know what was happening or what the fuck was going on. It was scary as fuck. <laughs> you sound terrified. When you get on the subway in the morning, are you like, where the fuck is this train going? What are we doing? Oh, why are we underground? Yeah. Yeah, it is. What a- every, every moment, a waking nightmare for Pete LePage. <laughs> yep. Moving on to a DC <laughs> Young Animal book, Collapser, number one. Uh, there's a new kickoff title. Uh, something weird happens in some sort of other space. A package is sent to a dude. He's taken on some big adventure. Um, I thought this was fun and weird, it different like a lot of the Young Animal books. How would you guys feel about it? I really liked this. I thought it was cool. Uh, it was kind of a fun introduction of an everyday type of guy character. Uh, yeah, I liked what happened. I liked the kind of reveal of him getting the quote unquote powers, if you will. It was, uh, it was kind of intense, but in, done in a cool way. And the art really helped tell the story. I, I very much enjoyed this book. Wow, Pete on board. Um, yeah, I mean, I like this. I feel like these young animal books are a l- little bit purposefully weird in a way. That, I see what you're saying. You know yeah. what I mean? Where it's like. You can we can just tell some stories, uh, but otherwise I agree. I, this is a fun read. Uh, all right, let's uh, move on. Talk about excellence number three from Image Comic Books. Now we've been enjoying the series quite a bit. This is a very different riff on magic set in New York, focusing on a secret society of magicians who are there to help the world, but mostly are infighting. We've been following one member of the community as he grows up. Uh, and jumping around to different points 
in his life and his age and finding out more about him and finding out more about this world. We've also been finding out how he split up with his best friend and how they ended up coming to blows, uh, which really comes ahead in this issue. Man, I'm loving this series. Yeah, it's great. So good. The art is fantastic. Uh, some kind of cool world building. Uh, I've been really enjoying the storytelling so far. Yeah, I, I think this is a, a cool title. Uh, this book does an amazing job of laying out the rules of the magical world while also keeping the character drama like interesting and yeah. high. And yeah. this is just another issue where it's like we're learning about recoil and what that means. Uh, and it comes up a lot, but it doesn't. It, it's not weighing on the story. It's just enhancing the story, and the relationships are great. Yeah, the uh, I think this was new for this issue. I'm not 100% sure, but there were a bunch of ads throughout from the Aegis, who is the ruling council, uh, telling you what to watch out for, which is very helpful for information, but also a fun graphical thing at the same time. Yeah, right in the middle. It sort of served the story in a way yeah. to uh, remind us in a way that was like obtrusive, but purposefully so. Yeah. Uh, I really like that. It's great. Cool. Definitely pick up this book. Moving on to another DC comic book. Very DC heavy stack today. Wonder Woman, come back to me, number one. Uh, this is written by Jimmy Connor and Amanda Palmiotti. The art style is very... Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti. Oh, my God. I, I'm an idiot. <laughs> uh, anyway, this art style is very similar to Amanda Connor's, I'd say. I wonder if she did layouts or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this is a story of Wonder Woman, of Steve Trevor. They get separated. They got to figure out a way to get back together with each other. I like this quite a bit. Yeah, it's kind of focusing on their love and relationship, which is sweet. And a fun adventure uh, getting through that. Now, their relationship, I, I, it's one that I, I've i never really felt the the romance of it. It always feels yeah. like Wonder Woman's going to be like, later, dude. Dude, that's fucked Is up, that man. me? Is that just me? Is it because she's out of his league? Maybe, or she's just busy all the time. Yeah. He's also busy. Yeah, he he runs stuff. a spy organization or something. Not anymore. I don't know. He's been, he goes on missions and stuff. He, he does, does Steve Trevor. I'd be hard-pressed to figure out what his uh, character uh, points are other than he loves Wonder Woman and he doesn't feel like he's worthy of Wonder Woman. Yeah. I, and he's I a think spy. That's his ongoing thing. Uh, he, even the more that he's not worthy is above the, him being a spy, but also like he is not essential to Wonder Woman's character. I feel right. like so many of the other like Superman Lois Lane uh, feels like that relationship is center to uh, to Superman's who he is and what he's doing. But I think and this the, feels separate. But what I think this is exploring a little bit, particularly at the beginning, is that what Wonder Woman needs Steve Trevor for is to feel that connection and feel normal because she right. needs to be so big and bold and Wonder Woman all the time. She wants to be with a pretty normal, nice guy. Yeah, it's nice yeah. to have some downtime and just be yourself around somebody. What I like about their relationship is that it's often like, let's go on this crazy adventure or it's Wonder Woman being like, Steve, where are you? What, what crazy situation are you in? I'll come save you again. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so good title from Jimmy Jimmy and Amanda Bad. Uh, yeah, 
That's uh, definitely. No, let me, I, we'll just, obviously, I, we fact check our podcast every episode. <laughs> we'll be back fun, to you. Uh, sorry, guys. Uh, good, good writing on this. Good adventure. Fun last page of reveal. Yeah, crazy last page yeah. reveal. Um, this is very enjoyable. Uh, moving on to a book coming out from Valiant, July thirty first. Killers number one. Uh, now we won't give any spoilers for this, but we did check out Killers number one and Killers number two to get a better yeah. sense of the title. Uh, this is riffing off of the Ninja K books and following a bunch of other lettered ninjas. So if you want to know your alphabet, this is a great title to get it. I'm reading this aloud to my daughter who's working on the alphabet. So it's nice. Nice. Okay. nice. Um, I love that they took uh, what we knew as Ninjak from back in the day and made it this alphabet system. Yeah. It makes so much more sense. Uh, and this book specifically, I love the art has this great sort of mm-hmm. uh, 70s vibe to it, which I think is fun, and it's all action. Yeah, a lot great. of swords. This is to me. This is very Mortal Kombat Street Fighter style thing, like yeah. Ninjak or Ninja K or whatever you want to call it. Does mix in the spy stuff. It's big action movie usually. Um, I really like the Ninjak titles that they put out, uh, but here this is just like nonstop action people fighting each other, and that's it. So Pete, you gotta like it, right? Oh man, I love this. This was checking all my boxes: ninjas, action, death, letters, letters. Le- I, yeah, I didn't like the letters part. Oh, yeah, okay. it's too confusing because yeah. we get lost after L. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, but definitely pick this up when this comes out. Uh, last one we're going to talk about. This is from Boom Studios. Faithless uh, number here four. We go. Alex's number oh, one. Oh, Saving it the best for last. That was creepy Zalbin. Yes. Uh, so some of us have been really enjoying this title. Yeah. It's a creative, uh, sexy adult take on magic. Uh, it's been following a girl who has slowly... Anywhere. Hold on. Who has slowly been getting embroiled with first uh, this woman who she ended up hooking up with, uh, and then that woman's father. Uh, last issue, as she was sleeping with the father, she saw the uh, ghost, maybe, of her dead roommate who was killed. Uh, this issue follows her hanging out with the father more. Um, I really like the character stuff going on in this book. It's very weird. It's very purposely off-putting. Uh, but the whole magical world is very interesting and gross in the right way. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like it is, uh, it's there's this underlying sort of uh, tension or just like dread throughout this whole series. Like uh, our main character, it feels like she's just making mistakes all the time, yeah. getting deeper and deeper involved with these people. And there's this great uh, sort of reveal uh, halfway through that I, I guess we won't we won't spoil, but like was really cool and surprising and scary. Yeah. Pete, this, you've got to be loving this book. No, this book really freaks me the fuck out. Pete, you love exploring your sexuality, <laughs> right? And demonology. Yeah. Uh, the other day you were saying, I wish I could read a comic book where a dude gets sucked off and then the sperm swim up his chest. And we were and like, then a not sperm in... comes out <laughs> and emerges. And we were like, wait until the next issue of Spider-Man or Faithless, one of the two. Um, Turns out it was this one. Huh. Yeah, this book is super creepy. And awesome. the character making all the bad choices really upsets me. So it's tough to read and then uh, be able to move on with my life. What do you think about the art? They do a great job of creating a creepy... Fucked up world. You you feel like you weren't able to move on with your life yeah. after reading this? Yeah. You're right here with this. Yeah, it's still with me when that, I, I wanted it to get off of me. That giant sperm is is with you. Pete. No, you're, the evil you're ready. dude who's manipulating people is still with you. We me. are here to tell you, Pete, you are ready to move on to the next plane. 
Go, Pete. Go. Go, Pete. Are you, Pete. you saying I should leave the show and never come back? Is that no, what I'm saying, saying no, that you saying... died three years ago and you've never left our clubhouse. You've been oh. a ghost the whole time. And it's really hard to get good audio on a ghost because uh, you're so wispy. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, good luck with the rest of your lives, guys. Thanks, guy. Thanks, Pete. Thanks, guy. <laughs> Thanks. You're already fading away. Yeah, yeah. You're already well, fading from guy. Alex's memory. <laughs> Remember how we always did a podcast with two people, Justin? Yes, I know. It's never been different than that. So goodbye. What I want to know is who hurt you? Like, did your mom say like cereal will kill you? Like, how do you not eat cereal? Uh, I like. Fr- uh, and if you want to know the answer to that, subscribe to our <laughs> Patreon, <laughs> Patreon.com/slash Comic Book Club. Great. Tease. Also, do we do a live show every Tuesday night at eight PM at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York? Come on by, and we'll share some cereal with you. Except for Justin, grape nuts. What? Yeah, that's an adult cereal. What do you want to plug? guy <laughs> friend us on facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show follow us on titter, twitter at comic book live <laughs> titter titter i'm a titter after that faithless review Ooh. Uh, check us out at comic book club at live.com for this podcast and more also you can subscribe on itunes android stitcher spotify or the app of your choice and we'll see you at the squeeze squad is that what it's called that's definitely not what it was called <laughs> okay <laughs> Yeah.